Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 12th, episode 92. Join with Zach Henson as always. Zach, how are you? Doing well. Hey, episode 92. Before we get started, though, uh, like I said, it's Wednesday, September 12th as we record this. Happy birthday to Ryan Risher. And I can't remember his name right now. I think it's Dragon Energy this year in the league. Yeah, Dragon Energy, yep. Do you know how old Rich is today, Zach? I have no idea. No clue. I don't either. I was hoping you would know. Now, you kind of get to that age where you just don't keep up with anybody else's age. So Everyone's like 30-something, and then yeah. later everybody will be 40-something. Right, yeah. So I, I really I have no idea how old Rich is. I would have thought I – mean, he's probably, what, a couple years younger than you maybe? Sure. I remember you guys didn't weren't you roommates with Rish for a time? Yes, sir. Any I know there has to be some kind of story you want to share back in like I'm sure like the mid two thousands of living with Rish. Is there anything you can share on the podcast? <laughs> I probably should have kept a journal, but I mean the one thing that I remember the most for some reason and Rish knows probably what I'm about to say is that um he would keep boxes of frozen corn or corn dogs you know in the freezer so frozen corn dogs and then he had bottles of spray on butter so he would nuke these corn dogs and then he had <laughs> and then he had spray on butter for them and, and he, that's what he would eat and i was just like man i've never i had never seen that before i didn't even you know spray on butter you know it was just all just like wow to me so that was that was rich man back in college corn dogs and spray on butter I'm actually not surprised by that at all. The spray on butter or the corn dogs. Uh, I would imagine was Rish like a clean roommate or was he a guy that you were like, you know, I love your Rish, but honestly, I don't really remember. Um, yeah. I feel like he was pretty clean. Um, you know, I Just would the, think the, I would think fast forwarding now it's probably like a Slim Jim with spray on butter. It's probably what he's. Uh, yeah. You know, as he's gotten older, acquired the the taste for the Slim Jims. Yeah, the spray on butter, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm not surprised by that at all. But happy birthday, Rish. Not sure how old you are, but I hope you had a great day today. You'll probably hear this sometime on Thursday, the day afterwards. So uh, on September 13th, we'll still wish you a happy birthday. But Zach, episode 92, just two names today. And these are probably two of the greatest defensive linemen to ever come out of the University of Tennessee. First one here, top five greatest defensive players of all time in the NFL, Reggie White. The, uh, the Minister of Defense, drafted out of the University of Tennessee with the fourth overall pick in the supplemental draft by the Eagles in 1984. Uh, Reggie White, man, an amazing player. 13 consecutive Pro Bowls in 15 seasons with 10 All-Pro seasons. That's just nuts. Uh, he had 198 career sacks, two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and he was a member of the 1980s and 1990s All-Decade team. Uh, unfortunately died in 04, but he was enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 06. So uh, Reggie White, man, one of the greatest to ever play. And then uh, the next one here, also from the University of Tennessee, Albert Hainsworth, the 15th overall pick out of Tennessee, drafted in 2002 by the Titans, only had 30 and a half sacks in his career uh, with six forced fumbles. And my favorite stat was one stomped face. Zach, do you remember that game? That's all I think about when I hear the name Albert Hainsworth now. He, uh, so, yeah, he stopped the face of Dallas Cowboys center Andre uh, Garode in 06. Guy had 30 stitches on his face after that game. 
just nuts. But uh, I remember Hainsworth from that, but I also remember him uh, for signing that $100 million contract with the Redskins in 2009. And I think it was the, the largest contract of all time at that point. Yeah. Definitely, for a de- definitely for a defensive player. And I think he only finished like a season or two with the Redskins. But when I think of Albert Hainsworth, and Zach, I think I may have told you the story before, and it kind of pairs nicely with the story you're talking about with Richard earlier. But I remember like in 2010, it was not that long after he got that contract, uh, I got a, a text message from a friend in Cookville, and he sent me a picture of just this large dude sitting at a table. And I could tell where it was at. He said, he's like, oh my goodness, it's Albert Hainsworth. And he's eating by himself at the Cookville Golden Corral. Do you remember this, Zach? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Albert Hainsworth, big Golden Corral fan. I'm pretty sure he has a kid that lives like in Jackson County somewhere. Uh, but that is like, I don't know why. I always think of that when I think of Albert Hainsworth just sitting at a, a Golden Corral. That's really gross. When was the last time you ate there, Zach? Um, years. I mean, decade, probably. I would never go there now anyway, but I think in the last five years that Brandy and I have been together, she's kind of like, it's like the understood rule with us that we'll never eat there. She calls it the food trough. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, Albert Hainsworth, Golden Corral, episode 92. Let's move on, Zach. What was the best part of your week? Man, the best part of my week, and probably I can speak for Brian on this, was handing John Nichols his first L. PMB uh, <laughs> fantasy football league. But let's be real. He probably doesn't even know that it happened. Um, but, yeah, so that was the best part of my week. How about you? Uh, best and worst. And I think everyone that follows me on social media knows that I was in Miami for that insane seven-and-a-half-hour oh, Titans-Dolphins game. And, I mean, it's we, so we my, – my friends and I, last five years, first Titans away game of the year we've traveled to. So we've been to a lot of games. That was the first time we've gone to one that's been a loss, unfortunately. Uh, but we, you know, it's it's a fun like guys trip, and we have to go to a Titans game. But it was just that was the best and worst was was sitting through all that. Man, so you you stayed through all the delays. Yeah, so we, I mean, no no one knew how long the delays were going to last. Like we're you know we're sitting there, and it was really sudden. Like no one really had any any knowledge that they were going to just stop. And so like you know, I think the first delay was after like a TV timeout, and they just all ran off the field, and we're like, what's going on? Because at the stadium, it wasn't raining at the time and we couldn't see any lightning or really hear any thunder because it was it was so far away like I think they said that the recorded lightning was eight miles from the actual stadium so we were all confused as to why they delayed and uh yeah we we stayed through everything we stayed through both delays wow yeah that was just brutal brutal yeah it was tough to sit through and then the loss as well but I mean of all the stadiums I've been to I'll say this on the podcast Miami has the absolute worst fans I think I've ever been around and oh. all the places I've been to, yeah, they were they were pretty brutal with us. Uh, oh. Even when, even when the Titans had a lead, they were like you know smack talking us, which was just kind of strange. So, <laughs> yeah. and then last night I went to uh, to Zany's and saw Aziz Ansari uh, give some stand up. So that was fun. Nice. Yep. So uh, let's let's move into the episode here, Zach, and let's let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Week two in the NFL, I'm not sure that there are a ton of headlines. I mean, it's mostly injury-related this week, Zach, but a little bit of non-injury news. 
The Oakland Raiders re-signed Martavis Bryant just one week after cutting him on the final cut day. Zach, how shocked were you at this news? Were you shocked as I was? I wouldn't say I was shocked. I was just like, whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just confused at this point with what's going on. Um, but I saw you, you threw a dollar at him. So we'll yeah, happens. we'll talk about that later, uh, you know, in the, in the, uh, the free agent bucks recap, but you know, so Kevin white and his new team, his name, your worst nightmare, Kevin white's new team. Uh, they drafted Martavis Bryant with the seventh pick in the 11th round, which to me at the time was kind of a stretch, but you know, he drops him three days later. And so naturally, yeah, after this news yesterday, I pick up Martavis for $1, uh, might as well, no harm there. Um, Zach, I do have a question though, between the two Bryants, so Dez and Martavis, who will have a better 2018 in your opinion? Oh man, flip a coin. Right. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, you could say Martavis is still on a roster at least, Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Des is not. I I don't know what's going on with Des Bryant, but Martavis has a few things up against him. I mean, he, he's there. Apparently, there's still a chance he could miss the entire season with a suspension, the substance abuse policy, and then you know, I don't know even if if he were completely healthy and at no risk, if anyone would really even want him at this point. I just kind of took a flyer because I like the guy, and it's good podcast content. But you know, in this offense in Oakland, they're not throwing the ball to the receivers. You know, Mari Cooper had, like, what, fewer than five targets the other night. It's just such a strange thing they're doing right now in Oakland. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we played last week. We played uh, John Gruden talking about the Khalil Mack trade. They, they traded with one of the best, you know, top three defensive players in the league to the Chicago Bears. It wasn't actually John Gruden. It was our old pal Frank Caliendo. And Frank gave a follow-up over the weekend after seeing – Khalil Mack's ridiculous first half against the uh, against the Green Bay Packers that included a pick six and a fumble recovery, a couple sacks. Just here's Frank Galliendo giving a follow up. Maybe we should not have traded Khalil Mack. Zach, which one did you like better, the, the original or the this, this second one here? I think they're both great, and I yeah. wish everybody could see his facial expressions, like I said before. That's what makes it so good. It's like so zoomed up on his face, and it's like you know scrunched, and he's got the Chucky look. It's perfect. Yes. Let's move on here. So the next bit of news here that I thought we should mention that was worth noting, just the quarterback news. So uh, three quarterbacks of note here that I want to mention. So in Buffalo – I don't understand why head coach Sean McDermott still is confident and, and still wants to roll out Nathan Peterman, but apparently those days are over. So, you know, he, he was famous last year for benching Tyrod Taylor and putting in Nathan Peterman. And, you know, the, the bills are on their way to kind of locking up a playoff spot and they play San Diego starting Nathan Peterman. He throws five picks in the first half. Everyone remembers that from last season. This year they draft a quarterback in the top 10, they're not going to start him because they'd rather play Nathan Peterman. So week one, last week, he throws two picks in that, what was it, like 45-0 to zero loss to the Ravens, Zach? Yeah. And so uh, apparently, according to ESPN's Chris Mortensen, the Bills are going to officially name Josh Allen the starting quarterback. Do you think Zach, he's worth an ad in fantasy? 
Uh, with the Bills? Yes. No. 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 Yeah, no. Um, next bit of quarterback news here, and this is completely related to our boy Jordan Iwanizen. Carson Wentz still not cleared to play, and this is according to Eagles offensive coordinator Mike Rowe after Tuesday's practice. So Nick Foles going to get another start in week two, and pretty much all the rest of this quarterback news is related to Jordan Iwanizen because last week Jordan started uh, Nick Foles over this next guy here, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, as head coach Dirk Cutter said, Fitzpatrick's back. I'm happy to announce that Fitzmagic is alive and well. I love that. That was so. That was after the post-game presser. Uh, you know, after the the Bucks just shocked the world and beat the Saints in Week One. And so here's Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's the number one player in CMB right now. Zach, fifty point forty five points against the Saints. Four hundred seventeen passing yards for four touchdowns. 36 rushing yards and a touchdown, and the dude was just perfect. I mean, almost a flawless game. Were you shocked by this, Zach? Of course. I mean, I think everybody was shocked by this. So, um, yeah, unbelievable. Fitzmagic has a way of doing this where he'll he'll bounce around. He's been the ultimate journeyman in the NFL. He'll bounce around team to team, and it's like every other team he's with. He's, he finds a couple games or maybe one season where he's just, you know, insane. Like that year with, uh, with the Jets – you know, yep. remember that when that when he played, you know, when the Titans played against the Texans and Fitzpatrick threw for like five or six touchdowns, I think. It's just he he always finds a way to, to have like maybe one or two of these games per season. And so Fitzmagic, we mentioned Jordan Iwan is in Jordan cut Fitzmagic four days before the the Fitzmagic show and started Nick Foles instead. Yeah. And I feel it should be mentioned on the podcast, but Ryan Fitzpatrick currently unclaimed in C M B. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to – I mean, why would you <laughs> why would you pick him up, though, really? I mean, we, nobody clearly thinks he's going to repeat this. But on if he's on your team, like in real life, when, when he shows up, if he, if he signs with your team, he's like the Madden curse. Like you're just kind of looking over your shoulder, you know, right. when, when he shows up. Because it's unbelievable when he goes to different teams, just the, the luck that he has. It's incredible. He has three more games as a starter while Jameis Winston's serving his four-game suspension. But, Zach, I, I almost feel like if he has one or maybe two more games like week one, I mean, they have a tough schedule. They have to play the Patriots and the Eagles. But, I, you know, if he continues this next couple of weeks, do you see a situation where maybe they, they roll with Fitzpatrick over, over Jameis? Um, if he puts up another game, if he, did, if he was able to duplicate anything close to what he just did this past Sunday, then – you're really going to – the talk will begin to become really serious, you know. Uh, I don't know what Jameis did during the preseason. Do you have any idea? Was he good during the preseason or – No, and actually, you know, because they were preparing for Fitzmagic, you know, to be the starter for the first couple of games. So they kind of – they went back and forth, and I think Fitzy ended up starting like two of the preseason games. So we really only got to see Jameis against, you know, backups – I know he threw a touchdown against the Titans when they played in week two of the preseason, and he didn't really look good in that game. Uh, he threw one touchdown like off his back foot into like quadruple coverage, and kind of the receiver bailed him out. So that's yeah. just like, that's classic Jameis. So who knows? Who knows what will happen? I'll be I'll be shocked if he's not the starter, uh, but we'll see. Right, I agree. 
Moving on to injury news here, biggest injury of note, and not just because you know we're all Titans homers and, and our podcast is here in Tennessee, but Delaney Walker placed on IR after dislocating his ankle against the Dolphins. Zach, were you watching the game live at that point? I know it happened after the second delay had ended, so most people had tuned it out at this, at this point, but were you, were you watching the game then? No, and to be honest, you couldn't watch the game here um, because, I don't know, it was like the airtime was up for that game, so there was nothing – um, that you could watch. At least I couldn't figure it out. I don't know if anybody else could hear. Um, the only way that I could figure it out was to go to the uh, NFL for DirecTV. They had the Fantasy Zone for free. Right. And I was able to watch one of the multi-game clips, and uh, that's the only way that I could see it. But I was actually listening listening on the radio when I heard about Delaney Walker, and when I heard that they immediately called for the – Aircast and the oh yeah all that I was like he's done you know when they when they call for that immediately it's it's chances of you returning are slim. Well, that's the thing about you know when you go to a game and watch it live in person, you miss that vantage point that you get on the TV copy that you're almost thankful you don't see live as it's happening like you do on TV because from where I was sitting, I couldn't see how bad it was. You know, you see him go down and he's just laying there. But when I watch the TV copy, man, that's like one of those you know, don't watch on an empty stomach kind of thing. Yeah, I still haven't – I haven't seen it. I oh, you haven't? It. No, no it's haven't. it's up there, man, with one, some of the grosser ones. Like, his ankle is – it's like at an L, you know? So, pretty gruesome injury. Delaney Walker out for the season. He was put on the designated to return list, which I was surprised by. And they said that, you know, head coach Mike Vrabel said that Delaney had his surgery today at St. Thomas in Nashville. So, um, I, I don't see a situation where he comes back at all this year. I got it. He's 34 years old. So you got to think at this point, man, there's a chance that, you know, if, if he can't heal right and, and can't recover the way everyone thinks, you know, he, he could be done. That, that could be something that, that ends a career. Yep. But he was recently re-signed by the Titans to like a two or three year extension. So uh, all expectations are he comes back and, and what a terrible way to start the season. Another tight end, this is a guy that's always mentioned in conversations with Delaney, Greg Olson, tight end for the Panthers. He is out for the foreseeable future. He's not been placed on IR yet, but he refractured the foot that took him out pretty much all of last season. And I cannot think who he is on in our league. Zach, do you know who Greg Olson belongs to in our league? Uh, for some reason, I want to think Chase, but I could be wrong. So, yeah, so Greg Olson, you know, whoever has him, pretty much, I don't know. So if, if a player is acting, you know, in, in Yahoo, if a player has not been designated to IR by their team, can you put him in the IR spot on your lineup? No, I mean, he's got to be IR or out, you know. Right. Uh, Greg Olson's already ruled out, and he's on okay. team. So, Chase – he could put him, put him to his IR t- slot if he wanted to. He may have. I haven't looked at his team. One guy that's not officially ruled out but is not practicing this week is Leonard Fournette. Had a hamstring injury against the Giants in that win. You know, TJ Yeldon actually got quite a few carries in the second half, uh, you know, against the Giants. And he is the starter this week, presumably. And I, I don't know if Leonard Fournette will, will play this week. Zach, what do you, uh, what do you make of, of Fournette's injury? Are you surprised there? Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate, you know, the hamstring injury. So, um, and again, that guy's on uh, Chase's team. Oh, yeah, man. And he went later, you know, than I thought he would go in our league. I, I thought 
for some reason, you know, when Jake came on and did his pre-draft uh, mock draft with us and, and was kind of mocking the first round, and he had Saquon Barkley going to you guys, going to H&F, I thought with Brian's comments and with Jake putting him there, I was, I was getting, uh, you know, it was like a mind game. And I was thinking there's no way H&F takes Saquon Barkley. And I kind of thought you guys might take Fournette at that spot, knowing he wouldn't be available coming around. Did you guys, you know, consider him at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, we had tossed around the idea uh, of, you know, pretty much everybody in that in that spot because we couldn't really plan for anything. But uh, um, we we did like Barkley there, and that's just who we went with. So, one guy that I was on the fence about in the third round that I now kind of am regretting a little bit is Doug Baldwin, who apparently could miss two to three weeks, according to Seattle's head coach Pete Carroll. And Baldwin has a partially, a partially torn MCL. So uh, bad news for, for me with Doug Baldwin, who I think he had one target in their loss to the Broncos. And so finished with zero points, of course. Not a great start for me. And we'll talk about that a little later as we recap uh, week one. So Doug Baldwin down. Another receiver from the NFC West is Marquise Goodwin of the San Francisco 49ers. Belongs to Matt and John Strongside. He you could miss week two. Really, he just belongs to Matt. But yeah, belongs to belongs to Matt. Uh, Goodwin could miss week two, and head coach Kyle Shanahan says he's still unsure of Goodwin's status. He had a quad contusion, and that just sounds like one of the most painful injuries. I'm assuming quad contusion is like he took a helmet to the quad. Yeah, it's probably, like a like a bad bruise. I would not be able to get out of bed. It's funny, like now that, I, you know, my mom has been a nurse my whole life. So when I was a kid, I used to ask her about sports injuries. And, you know, now I'm engaged to someone who is a nurse. So Brandy, I'll ask her all the time about sports injuries. When I hear about them on Sundays, like I'll be checking fantasy. I'll say, hey, so-and-so has a, a popped Achilles, which that just, I cringe wow. even saying that. And so I'll, I'll ask Brandy, like I'll, I'll say these really specific injuries, you know, and, and she'll, she, she likes to like kind of, you know, you know, depart all the things she learned from uh, from nursing school on me. So I just – it's fun kind of having that connection. She does not care about fantasy football, but if you start talking like, oh, let's see here, uh, torn ACL, popped Achilles like I just mentioned, uh, dislocated ankle, stuff like that, she loves talking about that. And then the last injury here is Devontae Freeman, Atlanta Falcons running back, held from practice again Wednesday. He had a knee injury that he suffered in the Thursday night game against the Eagles belongs to Jordan Iwanazan. I don't know if he's a go for this week. Do you, have you heard anything about Freeman, Zach? No, honestly, I haven't. I haven't kept up with him at all. I don't have any shares of Freeman in any league. I don't have a share of Freeman, but I do have Tevin Coleman. So uh, I'm not going to wish for any injuries like Zach with the, with the Steelers, but I will say if, if he were held out this week, I would not uh, be opposed to that. I wouldn't say I'm wishing for injuries. I'm just warning you. You're predicting, not wishing, yeah. predicting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. All right, well, we've talked a little bit about our league. Let's move right now and do a trip around CMB. No sound bumper for that, but let's recap week one. Zach, what was the all-pro team lineup from week one, and how do you want to do that this year? Do you want to do maybe one player at each position or a couple players each spot? Uh, what, what's the all-pro team from week one? I'll just do it like you were filling out your roster. You know, so uh, the number one player was – or the number one quarterback and player was Ryan Fitzpatrick who is currently still a free agent, uh, 50.45 points. Then you had Tyreek Hill, 
uh, 47.05 points. So he was almost there with Fitzpatrick. And uh, Tecmo Power Runners has him. Michael Thomas, 38 points uh, for Jordan Iwanison. Uh Alvin Kamara for West Coast Wombats, 43.10. James Conner for the Almond Brothers, 34.20. Uh, tight end Jared Cook for Greg, 27 points. And the flex position, you would have been best to start uh, Deshaun Jackson, 31.70 with Isaiah or, or Jordan Iwanison. And then the kicker is Greg Zerline for Greg, 16 points. The number one defense is the New York Jets. They put up 29 points. Um, number one defensive player was TJ Watt uh, for 33.25 points for a strong side. Von Miller next, 28.25 for Tecmo. And then Darren Lee for 26.75 for Tecmo. And I have no idea how to say this guy's name. Um, I think he's the cornerback for the Bengals. And Kevin has him. I think he just picked him up. He had 23 points. And then Harrison Smith for Risher uh, as a last DB position, 22 points, bringing the total to 449.75 points for your all-pro lineup. That seems high, but it also seems like it was skewed by Tyree Kill and Fitzmagic. Yeah, that those two guys were unbelievable. Huge weeks. Yep. So and with all that in mind, with all the, the performances you mentioned here, Zach, what are the weak – two standings after after all the matchups from week one barring of course any stat corrections maybe maybe not even go through one through 14 just some of the names at the top i'll say that yeah so starting at the top you have us uh followed by east coast idp still suck dragon energy (laughs) tecmo power runners and then isaiah 40 31 and west coast wombats are all one and oh right now so that's one through seven uh, yeah, good way of doing that. I, I'm not surprised. I will, I will not say I'm surprised that Rish is in fourth place. Uh, putting up 197 points, that shocked me a little bit. I, I'm telling you, this is the year of Rish. The year of Rish. The year and of I'm, not even, I'm not even saying that because it's his birthday. It's the year of Rish. All right. I don't want, I don't want to play Rish. Make fantasy great again. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, this is, this is a great year for Risher. Uh, happy birthday again. No collusion. Uh, Zach, let's look also at the standings from the first week of the Pick'em Challenge, which I took an L in that way as well. I, I, I think I was maybe in the last of all the people we picked, but uh, who's at the top right now in the Pick'em Challenge standings? At the very top is Kevin White. He scored five points, so he went five and two. Um, and then there are a lot of people following that in uh, second place. Uh, myself, Chase, Greg, Jay, Brian. Reed, um, and then Matt Collins, Jordan Iwanis, and Jake, yourself, uh, are taking third place right now. Um, but what was awesome about this is that we had um, 18 of 21. I believe that's right. There were only three people in our entire league who did not participate in this. Would you like to guess who did not participate? Number one, Brian Franklin. No, 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 no. Brian, Brian participated, and he's in second place. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I honestly, I it's it's from last season, last couple of seasons of Brian not participating. Right. I'm, I'm surprised that he he participated. Yeah. Uh, Courtney, maybe. Nope. Courtney participated. I I don't know. I, I guess okay. uh, Reed. Nope. Reed. Reed is uh, he's where is he? At? He's tied for second. He's right there with you. Um. So your three guys that did not care at all 
about this. Did not take one minute to try this. James, Rob, and Blake. Rob, I, I could see Rob not caring at all. But I really thought James and Blake might, but they just they didn't even attempt it. So and everybody about, else in the league did it. The thing about Rob is you know Jeff is going to participate, so it's not as big a deal when you have a co-managing team. But when both co-managers don't participate – you know, yeah. that's a shocker. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. So James and, and Blake didn't do it. But uh, there is still time. You know, I think if you put up a goose egg just on this first week, is not a big deal. Um, hey, and the guy you say is not paying attention, John Nichols, participated. He did. And it was really cute because um, that he and Matt both went one and six. And they are bringing up the very uh, bottom of the, the standings there. Bringing up the rear. I don't know how they both went one and six. Like, did they just like hold hands in the office and make the same picks? Must have been. Or Matt picked for both accounts. Oh, my goodness. Pace. Yeah. You know, something else, uh, just reaffirming what I and probably you believe at this point and a lot of people. Um, when Aaron Rodgers went down, uh, Suggs was texting me. You know, and uh, we, we lost him last year, you know, the collarbone. And he sent me a text and it said, and I just lost my quarterback. Ah, pronouns. Yep. yep. So we see where the, where the true, the truth is of this uh, so-called strong side. Right. It's not, maybe not as strong as we thought. No, it's not. not, not <laughs> All right. Hey, Zach, let's look at some of the initial trades. So we wouldn't have to do this every single week, but I just thought it was, it was interesting being this, these are the first two trades, only two so far in our league. Um, but I'm always curious by moves that take place before the start of the season. So these took place before week one even. And let's just start here with your trade. So you guys traded away uh, J.J. Watt and Chicago's defense for Minnesota's defense. And like – any any other episode, that wouldn't be a big deal. I'm just curious, the thinking there to get rid of Chicago's defense, who had just inherited Khalil Mack, and maybe why you guys wanted to get rid of, of J.J. Watt. Uh, really, we just needed to make a two-for-one at that point because um, we needed some roster space. So James is uh, – I think he had J.J. Watt the year that he just blew up. I don't know if you remember – what was that, like two years ago that he was just MVP? Right. Um, and then they had Khalil Mack, and so kind of comboing Chicago's defense with Khalil Mack is a nice combo for their team to have. So, um, I mean, it, there's really nothing exciting about that trade, really. So, this next trade here, and not looking long term, but if we're just looking at short term, this next trade here, this was a loss for both teams. I would say no one really won out this trade after one week. As we like to look at trades, we really should look at trades like five, six weeks later after the trade's been made, but we always like to look at the first week. And sometimes we like to judge the trade before any results have even happened. You know, H&F makes a trade and right away it's like, you know, how did they screw over, you know, the person they're trading with? So uh, we look at trades in a funny way, but after one week, both of these teams, I can say, were losers after week one. So Kemp's crew trades... Uh, Chris Carson and Chris Hogan, the two Chris's to uh, your worst nightmare, Kevin White for Sony Michelle and Zach Ertz and Zach Ertz really was a, he was a dud Thursday night for the Eagles and Sony Michelle, I don't believe even played for the Patriots and then really disappointing for Chris Carson and Chris Hogan. 
Uh, Zach, what did you make of that trade? It seemed pretty even, Steven, at the time. I didn't really think either team really got fleeced or anything. I just was was curious with that one. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just tough to judge trades and definitely being in the center of controversy for um, as long as we've been doing this. It's it's tough to judge trades because people all, always debate um, whether you're making a trade based off what they've done currently. Like, well, we made this because of this and this and this. And then somebody else may argue, well, if this person has the potential, you know, you're, you're basing the trade in your mind off of what they could do, you know. Um, so this, it's just too, too early to tell. And after one week, I mean, it's just a wash in my opinion. So um, they just both, they both have their reasons. Jake definitely needed a tight end, you know, um, Kevin needed a running back. So I, I can see why they, both teams did this. Zach, I kid you not. This is the weirdest thing I think that's happened on this podcast. I got a notification just now. Uh, the time right now is 920 Central Time uh, on September 12th. One minute ago, I received a notification from Jake Standifer, who commented on my Facebook post about, a see- about seeing Aziz Ansari at Zany's. Jake says, true story. The trade I made with Kevin last week was in the line for Aziz. After they put my phone in the pouch, I went over to the assistants and told them I had to use my phone, and they unlocked it. They were so busy getting everyone coming, I just left with my phone in my pocket. Went into a bathroom stall and completed the trade in five minutes and 15 minutes until game time last Thursday. Ertz was playing. So this is weird that the timing and all, because we're just now talking about Jake's trade, but it sounds like he made the trade from the bathroom at Zany's. <laughs> all right, yeah. And I, I think he instantly regretted it too because, you know, of where he was at, but also because Ertz – uh, no pun intended, just dropped a dud on Thursday night. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, he's got Carson Wentz hopefully coming back. So the potential for Ertz yes. is, is huge. You know, so I mean, obviously it wasn't great for him with Nick Foles under center. So r- right now we could say that, you know, based off of this trade, it's just a wash. But he could come away winning it, you know, if Ertz goes off. You know, you never know. So, um, it, but, you know, at this point, I understand why both teams did it. Zach, I know you're a big fan of trades, not even just with your own team, but when people in the league make trades. So we'll, we'll continue to talk trades on this podcast, and if they're worth it. I mean, if this is like an IDP for IDP trade, not really going to show up on our radar. But one thing we do want to mention on our radar is the FAB recap that we do every week. We're, this is the second season we've done FAB in our league. And Zach, I know this season we especially want to spend a little bit more time on it, and I think it's fun for the league. Zach, what's maybe one reason why you like the fab system so much now after experiencing it for one year? I absolutely love it. And I'm glad we did it. Um, Before it was just, it was stressful when a game would come on trying to keep up with all the injuries and hoping you were the first one to pick up that player, which was cool, you know, in its own right that we had a league that did that. Um, But now it's just so nice to be able to relax and watch the games and then just kind of take it all in, read all the articles, read all the news, and then make your uh, – then the only bad part is the mind game of it. Yes. And it's just – it's crazy because you're like, man, well, I really want this guy. I wonder well, I wonder what somebody would bid for him, you know, and then you really start second-guessing yourself. And it's, it's kind of crazy, um, you know, and then waking up to see what everybody spent is fun. But uh, the mind game part of it is just – it's crazy. Let's, uh, there were plenty of mind games in the FAB uh, recap for this week. But, Zach, I know we have something prepared for this one. We're going to start using this moving forward. That's right. So this is the uh, FAB recap. 
I feel like that was from uh, what's the movie with Tom Cruise? Jerry Maguire. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I like that. That's good. How did you come up with that, Zach? I don't. I don't know. I just thought of that. You know, when he starts screaming, "Show me the money!" So I thought that would be funny. So uh, sent that off for somebody to make us that bumper. So it'll be called uh, "Show me the money." The Mario coin too is a nice little touch. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the beginning. So we got some cash register. Some you know, lots of money in that one. One thing I'm going to ask you, Zach, every time we recap Fab, is I'm going to see if maybe you think that this was – if these picks, not just one in particular, but if all of the Fab acquisitions that we mentioned, if they were overreaction or not. And so this just – to me, these picks this week felt like overreaction Tuesday following week one. And we see it every year after one week. Everyone just kind of panics, and uh, you look at your fantasy squad, especially if you lost like I did, and you just kind of panic a little. So there were six awarded bids after week one – in our fab recap. So let's start here. Brandon Marshall, receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, which I'm not surprised that he, every time I mention him on, as a Seahawk, it doesn't surprise me because he's played for almost every team in the league, it feels like. Uh, but Brandon Marshall, the older receiver, uh, gets signed by West Coast Wombats for $10. And I put in a bid for $9. IDP still suck, put in a bid for 6 And Zach, I mentioned this to you earlier i put in my original bid and i don't know if as a commissioner you get to see those after the fact what people's like bid edits are and stuff but i no, put in a bid for thir- i can't see I, that i put in a bid for 13 dollars, and i thought oh, that's a little too much so i lowered it to nine and i lose right yeah that, that that's the mind game right and i mean you may look down the road and you feel good about this though you know so i mean um i don't think it's that big of a deal i think brandon marshall is um Interesting. It just depends on how long that Doug Baldwin is out. So it makes sense for you having, don't you have Doug Baldwin? Yes. Yes. I mean, it makes sense for you to go after him. Um, but for West Coast and, you know, for them to, to win this, it's uh, it's kind of a rental. You know, we'll, we'll see if Brandon Marshall puts up huge numbers and earns a, a larger role. Then, yeah, that's great. But um, otherwise, in my opinion, it would have only made sense for you to get him in this scenario. And again, overreaction, you know, you look at uh, the Seattle's offense in week one, and it was as bad as we thought it'd be. The offensive line is just porous. Uh, You know, Russell Wilson, I think, was sacked six times. He was sacked three times by Von Miller. So it doesn't look like he's going to be able to get the ball out to his receivers. So maybe, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe I won't regret this, but, you know, we'll see how that that shakes out for, for Courtney and for Matt. The next one here was Kentrell Bryce, an IDP, not really of note here, but uh, this is a safety from Green Bay, awarded to you guys to H and F for five dollars. The next highest bid was Kemp's crew with two bucks. So, Zach, what was your thinking there? Did you just need to upgrade at safety, or did he have a big week? I, I didn't pay attention. Well, we drafted Josh Jones, I think is his name, and he was the safety for Green Bay. So I had no idea who was going to take over um, in that position. You know, most of the time you don't, and so we saw that it was him, and we. We just decided five bucks was it, and we never changed our mind, you know. So we just needed it. We we got Kenny Vaccaro or whatever his name is from Tennessee. He yep. was all right, um, but we wanted to to get Bryce here. The name you mentioned earlier for uh, Kevin that he signed this was Clayton uh, Fettelman, I think maybe is how it's pronounced. Sure. And uh, he's the safety from the Cincinnati Bengals. Kevin paid four dollars for him, and the next bid was West Coast with zero dollars. So. That I'm always fascinated by those when a player, you know, goes for five, six, four dollars, and no one else bid. 
Yeah, I mean, that seemed to be the trend last year is if you want an IDP, there's no – rarely are you going to get them for two bucks or three bucks, you know, something like that. If you truly – if right. it's somebody good, um, you need to jump on it, um, you know, and pony up a little bit of money, and that's what you saw, uh, you know, in week one. And and you can tell that this, this is a little bit more of a seasoned – uh league i guess with the fab this being our second year because i think last year we were all terrified you would have never seen a 10 or a 5 or a right. 35 or you know all these high numbers that were bid that would have not existed last year it was it was i think it was very small increments to start off and let's hope this guy is in a one week wonder clayton fettelman the safety for the Bengals that kevin just signed uh nine solo tackles and had all of his points really came from a he had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So that one big play skewed his point value, but you know maybe that's a sign of something to come. Who knows there? Uh, we talked to the next one here. We talked about Delaney Walker's injury out for the season. Next man up is Johnny Smith, the second-year tight end, signed by East Coast Wombats. And this one, $35. And the next highest bid was H&F with 8 bucks, and Big Orange Bullies with uh, – with a $2 bid there. So Johnny Smith going for way more money than I thought he would. And uh, Ross and Reed, what do you think their thinking was there? You know, paying $35 for uh, Johnny Smith, who really is kind of an unproven tight end at this point. Yeah. I've actually got a sound clip from uh, the East coast Wombats. That's them just throwing down 35 fab right there. I'm, I'm hoping that they send a little bit of money, you know, my way for Christmas. So a $27 delta between their bid and the next highest bid with, with you guys, H&F. So, you know, let's hope it really plays out because they just burned 35 bucks on, you know, like I said, an unproven tight end. We'll see. But at the same time, I mean, obviously that stings regardless. I mean, that, that hurts to see that you pay, overpaid that much. But they were desperate for a tight end because they had Delaney Walker and then their backup tight end was Hayden Hurst, who hasn't even played yet. Right. Uh, so they had to get this guy. They had to get him. Um, so I can I can understand them kind of being fearful. You know, like I said, it's the mind game of Fab. You never know. And when you're in that scenario this early in the league and you need a starter and your main guy and Delaney goes out, um, causes you to, to overpay. Yeah, not sure I'd ever hear Zach Henson defending uh, Ross Garrison on this podcast, but I was glad to hear it. <laughs> And then the last one here, this one was the golden goose of week one by far. Backup running back for the Denver Broncos, Philip Lindsay, who is a rookie, is uh, awarded to Kevin White of Your Worst Nightmare, $42. And here are all the bidders. So this, this is probably the most bidders I have seen, or the most bids, I should say, that I've seen for a single player since last year when – uh, Dalvin Cook went down for the Vikings and Latavius Murray went for like $54. But last season, that was the biggest one. This one by far the biggest since then. Philip Lindsay goes for $42, like I mentioned to Kevin. Here are the next bids here. Next highest bid was Tecmo with 13 bucks. Yeah. So huge margin there between, between Kevin and Tecmo. IDP's bid $9. And then myself, Zach, you and Greg each bid, bid $8, and then West Coast Wombats bid 6 So I'm telling you, man, I'm just shocked that 
you know, Philip Lindsay goes for 42 bucks. He had a big week one, I think like 24 points. So not like anything insane, but it's looking like he has some upside to really be a running back by committee with uh, Devontae Booker. Not Devontae Booker, excuse me. He's Devontae Booker is now the number three. The number one would be Royce Freeman. So I thought 42 was kind of high for a running back by committee back. Do you think he gets enough touches to make it worth Kevin's while? Uh, 42 is a lot. Um, but putting yourself in Kevin's shoes, I understand he needs a running back, you know, in this situation. He wanted to be sure that he got this because honestly, I mean, at this point, running backs are tough to come by, um, especially in our league, 14 teams, deep rosters, you know, uh, and he has Chris Carson from the trade that he got with, uh, with Jake. And then his other running backs are Latavius Murray and Rashad Penny, but he does have Mark Ingram which I know he will be very happy to have when he comes back in week five. But between now and then, he, uh, he needed somebody desperately. And, I mean, it obviously shows up when, when he bid, um, you know, $42 or whatever it was. But, you know, last year we were spending a lot of money on running backs um, towards the end of the season. So, you know, some people hold on to their money towards the end of the year. Kevin's spending his at the front. And, I mean, he needed a running back. So, I understand. I kind of like this. I feel like this is sort of a, when we do these fab recaps, it's like a good cop, bad cop. And you always try and give maybe devil's advocate as to why you look at you try and, and you know, get in someone else's shoes as to why a manager would, would spend that kind of money. So I, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at his roster and putting myself in his position and he desperately needs uh, some running back that's going to get some touches. So hopefully it works out for him, but it's a full blown running back by committee for sure. All right, Zach, before we move on, let's get our money's worth for that soundbite and play it one more time. Show me the money! All right, hey, Zach, lastly here, uh, one of our last segments of this episode, let's move on to our week two picks of the week. Picks of the week. All right, first matchup, and I forgot to do this last episode. I forgot to give, like I like to sometimes give nicknames for the episodes. And so we're moving on here. We officially have seeds or seedings, I should say, for the first time after week one where everyone's ranked. And so let's just start here. Uh, first matchup of the week is Strong Side, the number 12 team in our league right now versus the 11th ranked team, the Almond Brothers. Zach, I'm naming this one. This is the Almond Brothers versus the Long Lost Brothers and Matt and John. They're reunited at work. They have a team together. They're the Long Lost Brothers. Okay. Okay. So who do, you, who do you have winning this matchup? I'm giving it to the Almond Brothers. We just got through playing um, Matt's team. And I, they're just in a bad position with Goodwin. He's hurt right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers, obviously the dude's a stud. Um, unbelievable, you know, that he came back and, and played um, and performed that, that well. TJ Watt was a fantastic pickup for them, um, dropping probably the points of the season, you know, for that guy. Um, but like Zeke, the thing with Zeke is, I don't know if there, I saw a stat on, on, uh, online and the amount of times that like on average, most teams would stack the box against Dallas, like maybe 30 times or something, but without Des and Witten there, they stacked the box. Carolina did in week one over 50% of the time. So Zeke's in some serious trouble, um, unless they get some wide receivers, um, they're just going to stack the box against them and make Dak make it happen, you know? So, you know, for that reason, I'm going to give it over to the, to the Almond brothers. 
Um, they got James Conner, who looks really good. Unless if Le'Veon Bell shows up, I might I might swap my pick. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go strong side this week, and and only because I just you know Tom Brady's playing the Jags defense, which we all know is really tough. Yeah. And you know they signed Corey Coleman this week. The Patriots did. Maybe it was last week. Uh, but you know, not a lot of receiver help there for for Brady, and it's going to be difficult for uh, Gronk against you know against that secondary in Jacksonville. I think uh, I, I still I, I think I mentioned this last week. It's really hard for me to to pick a team that has Terrence Williams uh, as the number two receiver there in their lineup, and they have two starting they have two tight ends right now. A tight end in their flex being Jack Doyle. So I don't I don't like that matchup as much for Almond Brothers. And I think Zeke Elliott actually has a big week against the Giants. So uh, I'm going to give this one to Matt and John. I definitely uh, don't like Duke Johnson as a running back. Right. I've got a share of him. It was terrible. Right. right. Uh, so next matchup here, Zach, this is East Coast Wombats, uh, the second-ranked team in our league versus the fifth-ranked team in Tecmo Power Runners. Zach, I'm naming this one. This is the battle of the quiet draft pick callers. So at our draft, these are like the two – quietest teams when they're calling out their picks you know they're the ones that angelo always has to say what you know and and i think jeff uh has been working on it right i think he's a little louder with his picks and it seemed like ross this year was the one every time that angelo was having to get double takes from so this is the battle of the quiet draft pick callers okay i like it who's winning this matchup uh close one i'm going to give it to the east coast wombats on this one i just think they have um pretty solid lineup it'll be very very interesting to see what um smith does you know at the tight end position with tennessee that's really big but uh adrian peterson looked really really good in their you know in their flex spot they have him so um yeah i'm gonna go with them i don't really want to but i'm also gonna go with east coast and i like you know josh gordon first week back last week only had three targets but he had a touchdown on one of those targets so i think he's just gonna increase his targets this week and I'll be interested to see how New Orleans defense bounces back after just having one of the worst defenses I've seen in recent years last week against the, the Bucks. So if they repeat that, Josh Gordon could go off. Uh, and like you said, with Johnny Smith, we'll see. Adrian Peterson, I was shocked, had as big a week last week as he did. So that's a great back to have as a flex. So I like, I like East Coast this week as well. I got to say, what – Ross and Reed, what are you guys doing with Aaron Donald as your defensive tackle, like in your IDP lineup? Right. I don't. I don't understand. He'll probably score thirty points. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyways, move along. Yeah. Next. Next one here is West Coast Wombats. This is Matt and Courtney versus your worst nightmare, and of course, Zach. This is the battle of the capital letter teams. Ooh. Okay. So West Coast, the seventh ranked team, and Kevin there at thirteenth. Zach, who do you have in this one? Uh, you go first on this. Okay, uh, just looking real quickly here, I'm going to go with Kevin, and I, I don't want to admit it, but I think Deshaun Watson, really a rough start. I mean, a 50% passer in week one against the Patriots, but I think he has a bounce-back week against the Titans, unfortunately, and I think he just he picks up where he left off. I mean, people forget, or maybe they don't forget here, but his uh, I think it's, it's his fifth game of last season, or maybe it was the fourth or fifth game of last season, I think he put up almost 50 points against the Titans. I mean, the dude just went all over them. So I think he picks up where he left off, and he has a big week. So and with that, I mean, Kevin also has DeAndre Hopkins. So with those two paired together, I think it could be a big week for Kevin. And, yeah, I think 
I think that's enough to give him the win. And so uh, I'm going I'm to pick Kevin. Uh, I'm going to give it to West Coast on this one. Um, I think the Los Angeles Rams is going to destroy uh, destroy Arizona. And, um, I, I mean, Alvin Kamara, my goodness. He was, uh, he was unbelievable. This, uh, he'll probably play quarterback or something, you know, for uh, New Orleans as well. So, anyways, I'm giving it to them. Next matchup here, IDP still suck the third-ranked team against the fourth-ranked team in Dragon Energy with Ryan Risher. I don't have a nickname for this one, and I just couldn't think of anything for this, but I, uh, I'm actually going to pick Rish this week. And seeing his little avatar of Kanye West and Donald Trump cracks me up. But uh, like I said last week with IDPs, I want nothing to do with Marshawn Lynch and Amari Cooper. Uh, Cooper only had three targets last week. And Marshawn Lynch, 11 carries, 41 yards. Without that touchdown, I mean, nothing to scoff at or nothing to, uh, to be impressed by. So I, and they also have started Chris Thompson, who had a big week last week for, uh, for the Redskins. But I just, I've got to go with Rish. Every matchup to me looks like a win for him. Yeah, I'm going with Rish as well on this one. I'm just, uh, you know, Gronk's taking on Jacksonville, like you said, at Jacksonville. Um, and then Amari Cooper. I mean, I don't know what the deal is with that whole situation. Um, but the, on the other side, with the flip side with Rish, you've got Matt Ryan, and I think this is a huge, huge week for him. And if he does not perform well here, Rish has to be very, very, very worried um, about Matt Ryan because um, his backup is Derek Carr, and he looked terrible just as well. So this will be a big week to see how uh, how Matt Ryan does. Yeah, and that is, you know, with – with IDPs, I just – I don't know. I, I don't see a way they win this week. I think they they uh, won handedly last week, and I don't believe I picked them last week either, so this might come back and bite me. But um, Russell Wilson, you mentioned the matchup for Matt Ryan with Rish. Russell Wilson has no offensive line, and Doug Baldwin's out. So who knows? He's going to put up his steady you know, 25-plus points, but we'll see what happens there. Next matchup here is Jordan Iwanazan versus Kemp's crew. Isaiah 40-31, they are ranked uh, sixth right now against Jake there at 10th. This is my Jordan versus anti-Jordan matchup. So, Kemp's crew, a noted uh, Michael Jordan hater, versus Jordan himself, I want. And Zach, who wins this one? Gosh, I don't even know. Who do you have? I don't think it's close. I think Jake wins handedly. That And that surprises nobody. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Devonte Adams, he should play. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll give it to I'll give it to Jake on this one. Yeah, so Devonte Freeman, who knows if he plays this week for Atlanta? We already talked about that. He's questionable. I, I see a scenario where he doesn't play. At least fingers crossed for me. Michael Thomas also questionable for the Saints, and it might not even matter. Do put up thirty eight points last week, but it just. Uh, you know, he has a lot of questionable guys right now, literally injury-wise. And then Jordy Nelson starting in his flex, a guy who last week had only four targets, and they were all kind of slant patterns. So not a great fantasy matchup for him. And then with Jake, I just, you know, Kenny still, yeah, Kenny Stills, the way he played in week one against the Titans, that's a sign of things to come. He's going to have a huge year. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the collusion, I mean, I really don't know where I needed to kind of hijack this this uh topic but i saw you guys today both dropping players within three minutes of each other really both, that happened both of y'all dropping tight ends 
Kim's crew at 159, Pace at 202. Were y'all just like FaceTiming and just thought it'd be cute to drop tight ends together? I don't know. Which which tight end did he drop? Don't act like you don't know. Don't I act, really don't. No, don't act like you don't know. I'm not buying this at all. No, it's just I'm it's like buying, I'm not buying this. I never bought it with with Suggs. It just happened. His old BFF took the job at college side. Now it's it's going to be you and Jake teaming up. So it just seems it's kind of like uh, twins that are separated at birth. You know, they have like the same feelings and emotions, even right. though they're like separated. It's kind of like Jake and I. You know, yeah. separate cities. That whole interview last week, if y'all missed it, you need to go back and listen to it. It might as well be like The Notebook or something. It was just some just gross love story between both of y'all just complimenting each other. And, oh, man, it was it was really d- just disgusting. Um, Sec, that was a quality plug for going back and listening to an episode. So I, I'm not even insulted. That's just just, trying to, I'm just trying to help our, uh, our stats. Yeah, good job with the brand. Uh, but who do you have in this matchup? Are you also going with Kemp's crew? Yeah, I got Kemp's crew. Okay. All right, we'll move on here. And Zach, with your matchup, H&F, no surprises here, number one in the league versus Big Orange Bullies sitting there at number nine. Zach, I'll let you uh, give me the, you know, the game plan as to how H&F will beat Big Orange Bullies this week. Well, I mean, once again, we are an underdog, um, according to Yahoo. And, uh, but I like our chances. You know, I feel like um, we've, got, we've got some good players out there. Obviously, Chase, it's got Leonard Fournette. Who knows if he's, he's going to play? He should play. Um, but he's, you know, with a hamstring injury, you never know. But anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick us. I'm going to go with Chase just to be contrarian here. I, I don't see a scenario where Deion Lewis has another back-to-back week like that, like he had last week against the Dolphins, and only because I think they're riding the hot hand and it's going to be a matchup-based offense. So Derrick Henry, I think – can exploit the Texans defense. And so I think they, they give him more looks this week and it's not going to be as big a week for, for Deion Lewis, for you guys. And so if you look at the other side here, so this is why you rejected the trade. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the, the trade I rejected? Yeah. Yeah. So we offered this trade to pace today. Um, trying to work out a deal for Kareem hunt, uh, including Deion Lewis and um, you know, trying to make like a combo deal, not, not straight up for Deion Lewis. But Pace says, I'll mull it over, which – That means no. That, that, yeah, that Brian said as soon as I told him you said that. He said that means no. Um, I knew the chances were small, very slim of us actually making a trade. But I just thought I would just extend the olive branch to see if you would, you would be up for it. Never hear anything for hours. Finally ask again, and you say, I'm out, and that's it. No explanation, nothing. I didn't even – Poor – Trade etiquette. All right, let's you want to talk. Okay, let's talk about poor trade etiquette. I didn't even say I'm out. I used a gif of Mark Cuban. Yes. Shark Tank. Get it right. Uh, or pay the price, as Ross says. That I'm out. Then you sent the the gif. And you know why I said I'm out? Because you said you were going to throw in Des Bryant, which insulted me because he's not even on the roster. Complete joke. I said. I said. All right, fine. We'll throw in Des Bryant. All right. Truthfully, I was out before then, but I will say. Did you really think we were serious on that? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I, I could, I could read your tone in the text, but you're talking about poor trade etiquette. This is the poorest, uh, not even trade etiquette, just poorest like technology etiquette I think I've ever seen. So I, uh, we're going back and forth, just like messing around with each other after the serious trade talk has ended. I send the gif of Mark Cuban, and 
yeah, we won't get into the specifics of what was offered. We'll keep that behind the curtain. But basically, I get a text from Zach, and Zach says, Pace is out. No reason given. And then you just said, wrong text. Yeah. I meant to send that to Brian because he, oh. was, he was wondering. Oh, my gosh. I literally, laughed so hard. Literally. No, you just said, I'm out. No, nothing like no counter offer. Nothing. Just complete oh, silence. Man. I'll mull it over. Hours of silence. I, I mean, so we you have, gotta, you haven't made a trade in who knows how long. And I thought, hey, you know, I'll see if Pace – might want to make a trade you said you're interested then you said you'd mull it over it's like just wasted hours you got to think i was at work during this so it was difficult for me to like look at lineups and things like that so i was basing this trade off of what no you were texting jake no this is this is i was at work and my frame of reference for this trade was the players that you had thrown out because i just hadn't even looked at lineups so by the time i said i'm out and you sent that text i mean it was a total high school move like copy paste to me instead of to the person you're the person you're talking about unbelievable unbelievable and i just i said this is perfect podcast material and here we are yeah yeah we we needed to discuss it that was the first reasoning i've heard so i mean you just don't think Dion lewis can duplicate it so okay i'll say this too i you know maybe we can revisit this but i was not interested in the trade that you had sent i won't again won't okay. go into specific- okay, that, that's fine that's don't want to don't want to ruin the strategy I, mean, for I, I know we've completely hijacked this thread but how's tp doing with the news of delaney i know he's a big fan i i wanted to have him come on i texted tp and again reading text messages isn't a great way uh you know that's not that's not great for a podcast because this is a audio medium but i texted dad while i was at the game and uh basically just said you know, hey, sorry about your boy Delaney. <laughs> and dad said, broken question mark? And I said, me question mark? Yes. And he said, no, his ankle. <laughs> I was like, yeah, obviously. So I don't, th- I don't think he's taking it too well. I know dad's a huge fan of Delaney, as am I. So uh, rough start for TP yes. and Delaney Walker. Yes. Um, but anyway, so we'll move on. And uh, Zach, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm picking us. So, sorry, Chase, to completely derail the talk of our matchup. But uh, yeah, I'm picking us. All right, last matchup here. Uh, pace in your face, and again, Zach, totally not surprised. I kind of assumed I would finish last, but dead last, just like I started the season, just like I ended last season, 14th against Gregco there at number eight. And Zach, before you and I pick here, let's uh, let's bring on our call of the week. It's time for the Call of the Week. Coming back on for the first time this season, I think was on a few times last year, Greg Lucius of Gregco currently sitting at eighth place in the league. Greg, how are you doing after week one? Rocking that eighth place. Yeah, it was a really close loss to Rish in week one. Uh, I, I still think, I think there maybe is a chance you might get a stat correction in your favor. Uh, are you optimistic there at all? Uh, not really. They typically don't fall in my favor, so I'm not. I just kind of, just kind of chalk that one up. So I'm, I'm already moving on the next week. What did you like though? What did you like from your squad in, in week one? Uh, you know, it looked like you had some some favorable matchups. I mean, you put up probably top five points in the league. Uh, what did, What did you get out of your out of your roster that you liked from week one? I was pretty pumped about Drew Brees actually. Mm-hmm making a splash there. So I'm hoping that that was, that was a good pick. Cause I, I mean, I took him like fourth or something. So I was just kind of 
I took a dive with a quarterback that I don't normally do uh, in early round. And so um, that one was big. Todd Gurley doing what he's supposed to do. Um, that's kind of one piece that I was looking for. Um, you know, other than that, there were some expected things that I thought. I, I think Tyler Lockett was another one that I was actually kind of surprised at. I didn't think that he would do that great. I just had him as a flex, but he ended up getting me some really good points. So other than that, everybody did really solid. I mean, I had I had people sitting on the bench that did even good too. So that makes me look, for, hopefully, look forward to the rest of the season. I, mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens with them, but I did like what I saw so far. You mentioned Drew Brees and a, a player. You said that you know you usually don't take a quarterback as high you, as high as you did this year, and, and you ended up with a, a quarterback that maybe you haven't had before. It seems like you know there are teams in our league. We talked a few episodes ago about the All C and B team. So I'm going to name a few players that are on your team, and just let me know if you know these these are familiar players on Greg Co. Because it feels like this is like a these are guys that that Greg just loves. All right, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh. I feel like I've only had him once, but maybe he's, maybe I've had him multiple. I, I feel like, I, I think I may know why you think this. And I think it's because one year I picked him like first, the first round. Mm. And it was like one of the first times that we ever took a quarter, a uh, wide receiver first. It was, it was the first time I had ever done it too. So I, I'm wondering if that, has anything to do with it that that one probably does but this one i know is definitely a greg lucius pick kyle rudolph absolutely absolutely love me some rudy any hesitation in week one when you were making that lineup uh move to maybe put jared cook in there not the first week i didn't even i didn't even consider it this week though i actually do have jared cook in over rudolph so uh it makes it hurts it pains me but you got to do what you got to do all right, let's go with an IDP. Sean Lee, linebacker for the uh, the Cowboys. I feel like that's a Greg Lucius player. Maybe I'm I'm drawn for straws here. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had him. <laughs> Actually, I think this is the first year I ever had him. All right, this exercise is going poorly. What about Marvin Jones? Maybe. I think I've had him. I think I've had him before. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think the Marvin Jones one. The reason I'm thinking of that is because I know Matt Stafford usually finds his way on Greg Co. Uh, how difficult was it to watch Stafford throw five picks uh, the other night being, you know, your old boy? It, I mean, it made me feel – it actually kind of brought back some memories because I feel like he did that a couple times uh, to me before too. Um, I don't know what it was that – why I always pick him. It seems like he just always fell – as I was needing a quarterback, I would just always have him and he would just sit there. I mean, he, you know, he's always consistently top 10 or so QB, but yeah, watch him throw five picks. That's uh that's a lot. That's uh Nathan Peterman area. And I don't, I don't want to go there. I don't want right. to go there. Yeah. And look, we haven't talked to you since the draft. You had the first overall pick. I don't, can't remember if you've had the number one overall pick before, but uh, maybe what was, you know, the anxiety that comes with number one? Did you second guess yourself at all? How, how soon did you know, uh, you know, after you found out you're getting the number one pick that you're going to take Todd Gurley? I, I knew I was taking Todd Gurley about five minutes before we made the picks. Um, <laughs> I, I think I've gotten first pick one time else. I can't, it's hard. I mean, we've done this for so long. It's hard for me to remember everything. But um, 
I had no idea who I was going to take. You could talk to Zach about this. I I talk to him sometimes just to get his opinion because between Le'Veon and and Gurley, it was it was up in the air. I felt like for who which one you wanted to pick, and I I, I wasn't a fan of him holding out. I didn't like that about him, and so that kind of turned me off. And so I just I just ended up going with the guy that I knew would be playing, knew would be starting, and which should get good points. And so I took Gurley, um, and so far that's been good. Um, you know, uh, Le'Veon still isn't coming back from what I can understand. He hasn't come back yet. So that's coming in a week two and not even playing. What like what a waste of a first pick if I would have had that, right? So Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, you know, the Allman brothers, James and Blake, they pull off that trade with Rish right before the draft. Still, I'm puzzled by that move. And I think that yeah. James and Blake were, were moving up there maybe to get Todd Gurley. Uh, do, you, do you think that that's, that was what they had in mind? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they drew, they drew a picture of, I don't remember what the Todd part was, but they had the girl piece to it. And so they were really hoping to get Todd Gurley, I think right there. And, and I really hurt their feelings. So. Greg, I asked this question last week um, and I, I don't think you have a rival within our league. Do you have maybe someone in the league that just over the years you've had a rival with? I, I think the only person maybe is James, but I feel like it's all love there. Is there any team that uh, you look at your schedule and, and think I can't wait till I play, you know, insert manager here? I don't know if necessarily a rival. I know that I've always had trouble against Zach and Brian over the years. And the I feel like I feel like the one um matchup that I can ever remember, always remember, is with them and it was with freaking Michael Vick coming back with the Eagles one day. Oh yeah. Randomly. They started him. And he got like forty points or something <laughs> that game. It was something stupid. That like was- he hadn't played <laughs> And uh, it was unreal. And I was like, of course. Of course he comes back that day. And so I just always remember that. And I feel – it's nothing to – I mean, obviously rivalry. I don't have any, like, rivalry necessarily. But I can always remember playing them and always – I feel like I always lose to them. I don't feel I, – I, I could probably count maybe with just two fingers how many times I've beat them over the years. So, Zach, do you consider Greg a rival? No. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, was this – was this Monday Night Football? Do you remember? Was it a Monday Monday Night Football game? Yeah, it, was, it was Monday Night. Yeah. I remember. No, I, rem- I remember this now because it was against the Redskins. It was when Vic threw like four touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, he hit somebody on just Deshaun a, Jackson. Yeah, on a bomb to start off the game. And I when and when that happened, I thought, oh well, you know, maybe we have a shot. <laughs> and, and I knew. <laughs> And I knew we were playing Greg with Greg's luck. I mean, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Greg, I hope your bad luck continues this week. I, I know we're, we're playing each other. We're playing each other this week. Not really a rivalry uh, historically at all. Uh, what are your thoughts on our matchup this week? Maybe head-to-head here. I don't know if you've taken a look at, at, at the, the two lineups this week. Um, but what do you think about pacing your face, taking off, uh, you know, against Greg Co. this week? Well, I mean, I know that you – your your guys didn't live up to what you wanted, I'm sure, last week. So I know that that was kind of – except for maybe Keenan Allen. That's probably the only guy that really did anything for you. Um, your guys can do well. So it's almost one of those things that's like your guys can go off at any moment, you know. So I, I don't know what to say. I, I think um, 
Let's see. So I think with I think your problem areas are probably at with Mariota right now. I don't know how well he's going to do, especially with his weird elbow situation, things like that. So I'd say things like that, and Kareem Hunt needs to start doing something right. So I think. I mean, I think other than that, I, I didn't I didn't see anything that blew me away that was like, you know, oh, pace is really bad or anything. I mean, you guys are – you have projected points to be close to me this week. So, I mean, anything can happen, <laughs> you know. So, I don't like to say for sure one thing's going to happen or not because usually I'm right. wrong. So, uh, <laughs> but, no, I, I, I'm definitely always nervous about, about playing everybody. So, uh, I don't see anything here where I think it's a it's a shoe in. Yeah, and I see you move Jared Cook into your lineup this week after the big week one. So down on Kyle Rudolph, maybe. I want to. I think I'm going to keep him on the bench for a little bit just to see him because I think he needs to get he needs to get worked back up with Kirk Cousins and they haven't shown anything yet. And Jared Cook just immediately was a dump off guy to Derek Carr. So um, I like dump off guys. That's that's kind of who I try to go for a lot. I don't know. They they just. Uh, Slot guys and guys that are just um, there to always dump off for the quarterback to throw, just get a lot of receptions and targets. That's, I, I love getting guys like that. All right, Zach, I know you like to do this before uh, we let guests go when we do these interviews throughout the season. Um, what is your request of Greg? And I'm just I'm curious if somebody will show any cards week two. Yeah, so this is your opportunity to let the league know what you're looking to trade or what position you might need so uh anybody you want to put out on the trade block right now mm, right now i don't really have anybody with it with being week two i don't i mean you only we only have one week i don't really have anybody right now that i'm really looking to do anything with all right hey Greg. <laughs> I knew I knew Zach had that ready. Hey, Greg, I you know you you don't have to call and respond to this, but I know Zach also likes to have people like throw smack talk. So if there's anything you want to get off your chest, now's the time. But if not, maybe throw it in the Facebook group when you come up with something. Yeah, no, I I don't have any smack talk this week. I haven't I haven't earned a smack talk with losing last week, so I haven't earned it yet. All right, Zach, anything before we let Greg go? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Hey, Greg, best of luck this week. Uh, we'll, we'll see you somewhere down the road uh, this season on the podcast and really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Talk to you fellas later. All right, Zach, what did you think of our call with Greg just now? Uh, how prepared do you think he is for this beatdown that he is probably going to give to me this week? Yeah, this is, uh, I'm just going to go and say, this is my lock of the week. Oh gosh. Um, I wanted to say it during the interview, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. So uh, this, this is the lock of the week. I, I mean, with, with uh, Mariota's elbow, I don't – that's just kind of weird. Like, there hasn't been a clear explanation given. You know, are you, are you nervous about that? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Because and, and the only reason I'm not nervous is because Marcus has been injured – more on a first-name basis. Marcus has been injured so many times in his short career of, of – three and a half seasons or whatever, three seasons that he's had so many different injuries. I'm telling you, it's like, it's like playing operation with Marcus. Like every part of the body has had some type of injury, whether it's been a knee an ankle, a hamstring, he's had pretty much 
anything you can think of, Marcus has gone through it. And there have been times where he's obviously missed some time in his career. You know, he's missed two, three games at a time. And the weeks that he's been injured and he's missed a game, that week that he's missed a game leading up, it's been very doom and gloom. And today's Wednesday, and Mike Vrabel, who hasn't been very quick to talk about injuries, has already said that, you know, there's a good chance Marcus plays bearing any setbacks. So I think he plays. I'm not as concerned about him playing as I am of like the play on the field. Right. So I would, I would say if uh, Freeman is out for Atlanta and Tevin Coleman plays, then I will um, unlock the lock on <laughs> all right this matchup. Um, that would that would make it very interesting if Tevin Coleman is in fact the lead back for Atlanta. In I know game. this this is going to sound like spin zone for me, but I, I'll tell you the only matchup on my team that I'm kind of nervous about literally the only one is Sammy Watkins and I think everyone every other matchup I, I actually feel pretty good about and I think you do too with one player on my team in particular we'll mention who but you know Zach if you were trying to trade for this one person you must think that this guy could, could give me some positive upside right I'm out <laughs> all right uh yeah so I'm picking myself this week and I'm optimistic of course Greg does have a great lineup and uh enjoyed our conversation with Greg just now yeah, I would be a little bit worried just just with Greg. Obviously, Jared Cook looked good, um, and then Kyle Rudolph did not. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the the script flip, you know, this this week. So, right, uh, you just never know. But you gotta kind of see how it goes. It's very early in the season. Zach, we mentioned this last week, and we we said we were going to do a daily fantasy lineup where I was. We we found this out like maybe a day or two before the games on Sunday, and I feel like a total dork after this happened. But you and I were completely not on the same page last week, and we're totally confused by our own premise of doing this DFS lineup. We thought we were, at least I thought you and I were playing against each other, and you thought we were playing in a contest against other people. Yeah, so I thought it would be more fun just for us to go up against whoever instead of taking each other on right um, you know so i thought this would be good for us to put in money together and we'll see what happens all right so we're, we're running this DraftKings for my account so i've already loaded some money here we're just going to do like five dollars this first week zach so i have a lineup pulled up right now zach and i are going to create our lineup live not really live but on this podcast as we go so zach and i are doing this live yeah zach we're looking at the screen here together and this is a lineup within DraftKings of a uh, quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, flex, and a defense. So to save time and to not make this too boring, let's kind of run through this real quickly here, and that'll be kind of the fun of doing this is just kind of a gut feel. This is uh, as on the fly as you can get. Yes. So we will we'll set this lineup. Well, we may post it to the Facebook and then maybe to our Twitter account. And then uh, we may make some changes before then. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's do this now. And then on the next episode, we'll recap how we did. Let's do it. All right, let's start with the quarterback here, Zach. And I don't feel like I want to spend too much money this week. Do you have anyone in mind that you maybe want to pick there? Let's do Alex Smith. Let's do Alex All Smith. right, let's do it. Alex Smith, starting quarterback. $1,000, so we're going to take Alex Smith. Yep, we'll move on to the running backs here, and maybe we might have to go a little cheaper even. But uh, Zach, who who on this list here would you would you want to put in our lineup? Alvin Kamara is ninety five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, 
obviously, I mean, you would think everybody's going to have James Conner, um, you know, on theirs. What do you think? I, I say let's get like one expensive guy, uh, maybe like a little over six grand. Like, hmm. Uh, yeah, we're getting too far down the list here. Let's just go with uh, – uh, do you want to pick people? Do you have any issue with picking guys that are on either of our teams already? No. Okay. So Dalvin Cook or Cream Hunt, which one, which one of those? Um, I don't know. It's a toss-up on that. All right, Dalvin Cook. Okay. All right, one more running back. We'll probably have to get a little cheaper even. Um, hmm. Do you want to go Matt Parita from the 49ers? Do we feel like he – No, we don't. No, we don't. Oh, yeah, you've, you've, you guys have gone through that yourself. We've got him. So I don't, I don't feel good about that. Um, Blal Pal. No. No? I mean, you I also, like him. I think he's good. You maybe also try, have Pal. Maybe try uh, Adrian Peterson again. Okay. 5,500. Yep. All right, and then let's move to the receivers here and go through this a little quicker. Uh, oh, man, he's – Receivers are expensive too. Let's, let's spend let's, big here. Let's let's take Jake's boy. Let's take uh let's take um Kenny Stills? No, 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 Antonio Brown. A B, wow, okay. Uh then we'll have to go really cheap for these next ones. Our our average remaining budget is forty six hundred. So I'm gonna go kind of far down this list. So hey, what was Josh Gordon? What was he at? I was just looking at that. Uh Josh Gordon there at fifty eight hundred. Yeah, let's go with him. All right, last receiver's gotta be really cheap. Let's go um, with uh, Tyler Lockett on the chance that um, yes, what's his face? Doug Baldwin doesn't play. I don't even see Lockett. Why is he not on here? He's not even an option. So we'll have to go somebody even cheaper. Uh, Zach, let's go with let's go with Ted Ginn. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't know anything about him. So if you if you like him, go for it. Uh, he didn't practice Wednesday, so I'm actually out. That's the word of the podcast. I'm out. Um, maybe go with. Uh, Cobb, you know, after that long touchdown, what do you think? Yep. About sure. Randall Cobb. And then our tight end, we can, uh, we'll have to spin around like the, you know, Kittle, right there. Kittle 38. Kittle. All right. Uh, Greg Kittle. And then the flex spot here, we have to kind of spend low again. Um, hmm. actually let's do defense and then we'll decide our flex last. I like that. So, uh, for defense, I guess it doesn't really matter. It's just kind of dealer's choice at this point. I like uh, I like the Redskins against Indy. What do you think? I like Red. I like well, maybe. I also like the Jets taking on Miami, and I would be okay with let's do let's do that. Let's do Jets at Miami. All right, Jets at Miami, and then so this leaves us with sixty five hundred dollars. So let's find the best player who is budgeted right at sixty five hundred, and it looks like our only option is Golden Tate. Go for it. All right, so our starting lineup here. Alex Smith, Dalvin Cook, Adrian Peterson, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Randall Cobb, uh, Greg Kittle, Golden Tate, and the Jets defense. Zach, enter $5. Ready? All right. All right, so this is our DFS lineup of week two. We will recap this next week, and like I said, we'll probably have our stuff together by then, so it won't be as crazy. This was completely on the fly. Uh, Zach, I didn't even tell you what, uh, what we're playing for. Yeah, what are we playing for? So I put in the $5, and I want to say that there are 16, uh, 16 entries within this challenge. Okay. Um, and so I think the payout, I want to say, let's see here, $27 total prizes. Ooh, watch out. 
big spenders. There's actually six entries of uh, $27 in total prizes. So we're going to keep playing until uh, we run out of money here. Zach, do you want to read the contest name? Uh, the name is Balls Deep, number one. All right, Balls Deep, number one. This is our DFS challenge of week two. Zach, let's move on to the Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Zach, do you have a Tweet of the Week, first of all? Uh, it's not really a tweet of the week. It's a, I'm, it's Terry Pace's comment to your latest. Oh my added. gosh. And he put, <laughs> he said, this is the most amazing story I've ever heard. Exclamation point. You lead a wild life. Three exclamation points. Again, I don't, I don't even know if that is him being serious or sarcastic. <laughs> like, did he, is he trying to roast me? I don't know, but it's, it's great. My tweet of the week is from Roger Sherman, who I believe, yeah, he's a, uh, intern at the ringer, I guess. Uh, but Roger Sherman wrote this on, uh, looks like September 10th. And it just says, Matt fact, there are four NFL quarterbacks named Matt, two are starters. And the other two mats serve as backups to the two starting mats. So the two starting mats, Matt Ryan and, and Matt Stafford, their backups, Matt Schaub and Matt Castle. That's a, a kind of a cool tweet. This says here, another follow-up tweet both of those teams have kickers named Matt, Matt Bryant and Matt Prater. Gosh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So uh, I thought that was a cool little kind of football-related tweet of the week. And then I have a fantasy football-related tweet of the week. Zach, I know you'll get a kick out of this uh, being a huge Office fan like you are. So this one's a little long, but I saw this over the weekend, and it was great. This is from at OXL. O-N-L-X-N, terrible Twitter handle, but this guy Owen tweeted this. It was a screenshot of his Yahoo Sports uh, fantasy football. Basically, somebody put a post in Yahoo, which we don't utilize in our league that much, uh, but somebody did this over the weekend, and it just made my whole weekend pretty much. It just says, hey, Owen, you've just been sent a message from the – you've been sent the following note from – it has the name blinked out – in the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Football League named Dunder Mifflin, Inc. And here's the message. It says, just want to remind everyone that my dad isn't going to do anything. He doesn't know bleep about football. Every league he's been in, I've picked his team. And in case you haven't noticed, I got an A-plus draft grade. By the way, The Office is one of the best shows ever that I've watched, and it's amazing to get to play fantasy football with you guys. I'm having so much fun and can't wait for you guys to get crushed by a 13-year-old. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that tweet and read it a couple of times. That was just, that was funny. That was so good. I love the, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed this, but I got an A plus draft grade. By the way, The Office is one of the best shows I've ever watched, and it's an honor to play with you guys. All over, just, dudes, all over. This. Oh man, there was so much in that. So, uh, guys, episode ninety two, week two of the NFL season coming up. We're going to recap again next week, talk about our daily fantasy squad and have on another special guest. Zach, anything before we part ways? Listen, if anybody's out there and you want to work out a quick trade with, with H and F industries, the, uh, the sign is on. We are open. Trades are hot. Now come see us. Um, we prefer not to have the trades where you kind of leave us hanging for hours and hours and don't give us a reason. So Anyways, best of luck to you, Jordan, uh, this week, and, and we'll see you guys next episode. That was about as pathetic as eating a W. <laughs>
That's a W. That's E1.